How's it going, guys? Uh, we got our, je- our guest today, Joey Alfieri. We're happy to have you on, Joey. How are you doing? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And, and before we begin, uh, this episode is brought to you by Mike's Barbecue Rub. Visit www.mikesbarbecuerubmtl.com. Uh, use promo code ten, hot sauce ten for ten percent off. And on all individual bottles, they have amazing sauces. The mustard truffle sauce is the best sauce ever. You can put it on your sandwiches, your eggs, steak, whatever you want. It is amazing. Uh, this week's episode, we have Joey Alfieri from TSN 690. Uh, and we'll be talking about fantasy hockey. How's it going, Joey? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me again. That's good. That's you. good. Uh, and we have Spencer, who uh, who's a, a brand new podcast that we have on Hot Sauce Sports Network. It's called Hel- Healthy Scratch. Uh, that's a monthly podcast, I believe. Uh, right, yeah, Spencer? we're doing it monthly for now. Yeah, exactly. And today we're missing Terry. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. But uh, yeah, so let's dive in our fantasy hockey uh, season for this year so so obviously this year is special uh there's only 56 games uh we're, we're also dealing with the unknown which is covid and that that is seriously going to affect a lot of fantasy teams um how are you dealing with that uh joey yeah i mean it's it's been interesting especially in the last couple of days with uh, a lot of washington's key players having to uh having to quarantine now, so there's no Ovechkin, there's no Kuznetsov, Orlov maybe not, you know, in every fan, drafted in every fantasy league, but Samsonov definitely was too. So you're going to have to adjust on the fly, and it's going to be really tough to uh, to manage that because, you know, at the same time, you don't want to cut these players, and, and but you do want to pick up different guys and, and, and fill in while they're gone because these guys are going to miss like four games each uh, while they're quarantining. So... Uh, it's not going to be easy. This is just the first of many. Uh, this is a quarantine situation. And, uh, and you know, I think there's other guys along the way that are going to catch COVID. And, and yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be an intriguing fantasy season. It's, uh, it's wide open. We've seen a lot of goals. And I think that number will come down. But it's definitely going to be a unique one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have Samson off and I'm like, it, it, for me, it's like a headache, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and now Mac- Mackenzie Blackwood is also on COVID list. Yeah. So so I have to make adjustments with that as well. There's a whole bunch of other, and the Dallas Stars as well. As well. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I picked up Rupe Hintz and uh, Dennis Gurianov. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just now, I dropped Joel I dropped uh, Joel Farabi. I thought he was going to explode this year, but he just—he had a great first game, nah. Farabi. Yeah, he had, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Four point four point nine to open the season. He's just twenty years old. Yeah, the Flyers are supposed to be good, and, and I think he's still going to be good. I don't know if he's ready to, quote unquote, explode just yet. But the Flyers are in some injury trouble too. I know Morgan Frost is out for a bit. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be some injuries. Some young guys are going to get opportunities to play. 
And, uh, and, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't throw in the towel on Farabee just yet, but I don't know that he needs to be owned in all standard leagues yet either. You know, like I yeah. think he's, he's a good young player. He's going to produce offensively at different times this year. I just, I don't think he's a slam dunk in your lineup every night. No, exactly. He's not quite there yet. Um, who are some guys you're looking at? Uh, you were mentioning Washington. If you're trying to replace some of those players, who are some guys in the waiver wire you're looking at right now, Joey? Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you look at Washington specifically, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a boost to Backstrom. It's a boost to Oshie. Uh, they're going to have to lean on the, those guys heavily. Even Jacob Vrana, you know, like, it's it's a boost for for those guys too. Um, and then, like, I know it's still – it's early on, but I would imagine uh, that uh, most people have also already picked up, like, the Jack Hughes of the world uh, who maybe, you know, wasn't drafted in every league, uh, but – now you see, you see what he's what he looks like in year two, uh, and he looks really really good. Um, Alexandre Texier is another guy like he's produced fairly well for Columbus. Uh, that he's probably available in a lot of leagues. I don't think it's going to last for Texier. So I think you know if you want to ride the hot hand for another yeah, game streamer. two or three while you're you know while you're waiting for a Washington Capital to come back, uh, then uh, you know Texier is an interesting name for me. But again, I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, going to last. Uh, too too much so I think you know those are you know those are the guys I'm looking at good teams that are scoring goals uh, even uh, a guy like Alex Tuck he's picking up his points yeah. I know that Stone and Pacioretty out in Vegas are doing a lot of the damage there uh, but Tuck is uh, on a point per game pace through four games so yeah I mean there, there's different options on the waiver wire for sure to, to fill in these uh, you know these needs and even uh, even a guy you know St. Louis it was funny it was playing some daily fantasy uh, on the second night of the season, I guess. Okay. And uh, we found out that Mike Hoffman wasn't going to be available in that first game for St. Louis. So I just, I, I just had happened to pick up Hoffman in the daily fantasy league. And I scratched them at the last second, just when he wasn't available to play yet, some visa issues. Uh, and I put in Jordan Cairo uh, and Cairo obviously gets the bump up when Hoffman's not in there, but now, you know, he's still a guy who's got four points in four games and I'm not sure that he's going to keep it up. Uh, I don't think he's a point of game player. Uh, just yet either but i do think that that's another guy who's off to a really nice start a young player that might be available in a lot of leagues too yeah Kyra's definitely a guy to look at right now um you mentioned vegas actually just quickly what's your take on uh, chandler stevenson right now yeah i mean look i think he's one of those guys he's probably better suited to play you know like third or fourth line a third or fourth line role yeah um that's but he does get to yeah. play at five on five i mean he does get to play they i know they moved him around but he does get to play with uh with Pacioretty and well, Stone. That's it, yeah. yeah, so that's where, I mean, you might get some some fantasy value there. But he was playing with those guys last year, too. And I think he picked up, he was roughly like a point every uh, two games yeah. pace. So, you know, I mean, there's going to be nights where maybe he picks up a couple of assists here and there. I don't know that I trust him in fantasy just yet, but I, I definitely see the intrigue just playing with some, you know, a couple well, of really, it, really yeah. good players. Yeah, yeah, it definitely pops up on the radar and for sure. In, in terms of uh, busts and sleepers, um, who's your top three busts uh, f for this year? Well, I know this year already started, so yeah. I have a so we have an idea. But but, but what's your top three busts and your top three sleep uh, sleepers this year? Yeah, I mean to start the year, there was a couple guys like in Jersey. I like Jack Hughes. I'm not just saying that now because it worked out. Um, I definitely thought that he was intriguing. And on the flip side, you know, one that I, I haven't been right about just yet uh, was Capo Caco. You know, I thought Caco was like Hughes, you know, year two in New York, young, up-and-coming team, 
they had, you know, an opportunity to get better. And so far, I mean, I, I know he has at least one goal, uh, but I don't know that the production has been there like it's been there for Hughes. So those are two guys I thought would would really step up. In terms of bust, like I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the way it's going in Columbus. You know, like I, I just wonder how this is all going to play out. Uh, Max Domi's not off to a great start. And I thought that Domi would have a decent year. I mean, first year in Montreal – he had 72 points, I thought the same and thing. I just thought maybe, yeah, maybe like a, a change of scenery would do him some yeah. good. Uh, but with Torts, you know, I don't know if those two styles uh, mesh because he is a gritty player, but you know, he's not the greatest uh, at the you know defensive end. Well, he's not the greatest and, fit for center period, right? And I don't think that's yeah, going to jive well with yeah. Torts. Or it clearly See, I think he's a, I think he's a good center. I think he needs to play center to produce because I think, you know, coming through the middle of the ice, you can build some speed. You have some more room to create. I think that's that's good. Like, he, he's fine with that. And that's how he ended up getting a lot of his 72 points that first year in Montreal. But unfortunately, center is not just about scoring. Uh, it's also about doing the heavy lifting in your own end. And exactly. I just, I'm not yeah. sure that he processes the game well enough to do that. So I wonder if he's not going to be in the doghouse with Torts. And with Pierre-Luc Dubois, I know he's had his moments this year where he's produced, um, but I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I feel like as, as this season goes on, it's just, it's going to get uglier and uglier. And I don't know if they're going to be able to make a trade and get exactly what they want for him during the season. It might have to wait for after the season. So, you know, maybe those guys in Columbus, those two in particular who, you know, I thought we we're going to be counted upon to, to provide offense. Maybe they're not going to be as productive as we thought just because of, you know, the atmosphere there and having to answer the questions every day about, you know, Dubois and being benched and, and you know, Torts is very demanding. So I think those guys have a chance to, to maybe be busts for sure. Yeah. Do you have a question, uh, Spencer? Uh, yeah, sure. I can, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, some guys that are having slow starts right now, who are, uh, who are you looking at that you, that you're, sorry, I'm going to cut that and rephrase it. Apologize guys. There's some guys in the league right now that are having slow starts, Joey. And I'm just wondering if there are specific players that you're concerned about and not concerned about when, in regards to that, is there any, is there any guys in particular that you're looking at in that area? Well, I mean, look, I think some of the guys that are that have started off slow uh, that I was worried about coming into the year anyway, there's a lot of the Nashville guys. You know, I don't know about Nashville. Like, their their window seems to have closed a little bit, and their forwards seem to have um, underachieved over the last little while. Like, I know Forsberg has you know, scored three goals in his first three games. Um, Duchesne's got a couple of assists, no goals. Uh, that's something that would uh, – just the way his first season went – uh, I'd be a little worried there that he maybe isn't going to produce at that level. Uh, Ryan Johansson's got an assist in three games, you know, and and he's another one that worries me. He's got a big contract out there, and I just I don't know that Nashville is going to produce enough to have so many forwards uh, carry fantasy value. But on the flip side with Nashville, the, there's a couple guys I'm not worried about, like Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis. They've got one point in three games. Like I think those guys bounce back, you know. But yeah. it's just it's a situation in Nashville where. I just I don't know that they're going to score enough, and a lot of their guys underachieved last year, and I feel like they're gonna they might underachieve this year too. Um, so Nashville is definitely one of those teams that you know uh, I, I don't know. There's guys that got taken, you know, maybe fairly early. Uh, that I mean, and when I say fairly early, I mean I, they weren't those guys weren't taken super early, but they were taken to the towards, towards the middle and the end of the drafts and stuff like that. And 
you know, I, I don't know if those, you know, I don't know if those guys bounce back, but those, those are a couple of the people that, you know, I think maybe you want to, you want to steer clear from, uh, you know, again, Matthew Barzal missed a little bit of training camp. They had that contract dispute. He's got a goal in three games. Um, the Islanders were shut out by, uh, by the Rangers. I, I think Barzal's going to be just fine. That's another guy yeah. who's off to a slow start that I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised when it's all said and done if he leads the, the Islanders in scoring, but you know, he's a guy who was pretty much picked up in most leagues, I would think. So uh, yeah, those are just a couple of, um, it's more teams right now that I'm looking at that I think can score and not score. And like I said before, I just, I think Nashville might be one of those teams that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to put the puck in the net enough to, uh, so, to warrant a lot of their forwards picking up value, you know? Yeah. It's so frustrating with them because there's so much talent on that team. I mean, you look at the power play, that they've got on that team and, and some of the past years their their performance has been just brutal. It doesn't add up to me. I don't understand it. Yeah, well I think a lot of their players are also getting older. Like the goalie yeah, arena yeah. is getting older. So I just I think that's a team that they might be able to make the playoffs. You know, they, they I, I think they can definitely sneak in, but that Stanley Cup window that yeah. was wide open a couple of years ago, I don't think it's you know, I don't I just I don't think it's there anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. Let's get to some I, Canadians. Uh, I, I, oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I actually have a really great question for you because this is a team that we haven't spoken of and I don't know what to do with their players. There's two players actually that on that team, I don't know what to do with yet. So it's the New York Rangers. All right. Alexi Lafreniere hasn't scored one point in three games. That's good. Yeah. And this, and their team been struggling. Well, they won one big game five zero, but Overall, they've been struggling against the Islanders and the Devils. Uh, they're top players who have expected to produce much, like Zibanejad and Panarin. Uh, they haven't been up to their standards yet. I'm not sure if it's because they haven't had their preseason, uh, their usual Ooh. preseason, or is it because, you know... And also Tony D'Angelo, uh, the, the yeah. coach is benching him, and he's been drafted, I believe, in nine... An eighth for ninth or tenth round. So, yeah. what is going on there? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's an interesting one because, well, let, let, I mean, let's start with D'Angelo. I mean, he's a guy that for, you know, for NBC and for RotoWorld.com, we did a lot of mock drafts, and he's a guy that I drafted in a lot of leagues. And his political views and, you know, support of Donald Trump has gotten him into some hot water. And I don't think the organization is appreciated. Uh, how he's handled all of that and how public he's been with it, either, you know, on his podcast or on his social media accounts and whatnot. And he's a guy that I did. I drafted a lot just because I know his shortcomings defensively, but he's still a guy who scored 15 goals last year and he picked up 53 points in 68 games. And now he's been a healthy scratch a couple of times. And, you know, are they going to be able to work through this? I think eventually, you know, it might be a little bit early to, to write him off, but you know, at a certain point, he's going to have to come off some of his views. And, I mean, he can believe whatever he wants to believe. That's fine. If he wants to be a Trump supporter, I mean, that's his prerogative. But it's just, you know, when you go so public with all that stuff, and then it's one thing for you to answer those questions in the media, but it's another thing when a lot of your teammates, you know, are asked by reporters about your views and what you're saying and what you're doing. And I think that rubs the Rangers the wrong way. So, I mean, I'm hoping that it's just one of those situations where, you know, they're, they're teaching him a lesson now. He realizes that, you know, he can't continue. He can't be so openly opinionated. 
uh, in the NHL. And then, he, you know, he gets reinstated to the power plays and he gets that ice time again and he can produce those points. But, you know, it's definitely off to a concerning start there. And, and I'm definitely one of the guys that, you know, I drafted him a lot. I'm not going to lie. And uh, Alexi Lafreniere, that's, you know, it's interesting because, again, there's some guys where they come into the league right away at 18 and they dominate, you know, they play really, really well. And then there's other guys like we saw last year. We talked about Kako and we talked about Hughes. And those guys just didn't produce in year one. And now, you know, it's three games in. He's a rookie coming into the NHL. He's making the jump from junior hockey. And he had no preseason. So does it just take him some time to round into form? I, I personally, I believe that he's going to start producing eventually. Uh, I think it's just a question of getting comfortable. The Rangers getting comfortable um, with that roster. And, and he's one of the guys where... Listen, I don't know for sure if he's going to produce or not, but if you don't have him in your league and you can get him on the cheap, uh, he's a guy that I would maybe try to stash uh, at the bottom of a deeper league roster just because he does have that offensive flair and the potential to be a league winner if he hits. If you get to midseason or even before then and, and it hasn't clicked and it hasn't worked, then cut ties, pick up somebody else. But I do think he's somebody buy low uh, that's a buy low candidate right now. Exactly. Uh, I'm actually really, I want him to produce simply because I've pulled his rookie cards in my uh, upper deck. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's a, and it's a really sharp, the, the card has sharp corners. So it's, <laughs> and it's flawless. Nice. So I really want him to produce for it, for the card value to go up. Cause right now there's people right now on eBay selling his card, his rookie card for hundred bucks because of his first three games. I'm yeah. I, 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 I like I don't buy it. Like I want him to produce, and I think the car was the car's gonna be worth more later on. Obviously, like you said, year one players. Not everyone produces year one. Not everyone is Connor McDavid. So, um, will he produce? I think so, but yeah, we don't know about that. Yeah, for sure, and and I think it's one of those things where with your card anyway, it's like a stock, right? It's going to, it might go up, might go down, but even if he doesn't produce at all this year, I think he's going to have a nice career. I don't know if he's a generational talent, uh, but I know there's a lot of people who've compared him to uh, a Jonathan Huberto. And I know Huberto's a little underrated league wide, maybe, but he's, you know, he's coming off a pair of 90 plus point seasons. So if Lafreniere turns into a 90 point player, I think the Rangers going to be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Joey, how are you feeling about uh, the Habs uh, players fantasy outlook this year? Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's uh, dilemma to have because I mean, so far this season, they've kind of been led. They've played well, but they've been you know it's been a different line that gets the job done every night. You know, on on the opening night it was uh, the Suzuki line with uh, Droy and Anderson, and then uh, the next night it was uh, the Dano to Tartan Gallagher line, and then against Vancouver on Wednesday uh, it was the Kotkaniemi to Foley and Armia line. So. <laughs> It's tough. Like it's tough to predict because Montreal is built differently than a lot of the other teams, especially in the Canadian division. Uh, a lot of those teams, like Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton, uh, even Winnipeg, to a certain extent, like they're built, they're top heavy. And Montreal's just not top heavy. Montreal, when they beat you, they'll beat you with depth and, and a different way. So they might win a lot of games this year, but it's not ideal ideal for for fantasy production. Now, you know, I, I do think a guy like Nick Suzuki uh, is going to be uh, yeah, depth proof. I think Suzuki's going to produce all year. He's going to get number one power play time. 
He's going to get to play with a couple of good wingers, but I do think he's the driving force on that line. So I think the forward, when it's all said and done, I think the forward with the most fantasy value, the guy who's going to have the most consistent fantasy value for the Canadians is Nick Suzuki, just given the situation he's in. Uh, he can play all situations as well. So you might get a couple of shorthanded points as well uh, at some point. But, you know, I'm looking at it. Jeff Petrie's got some fantasy value, of course. I think Shea Weber uh, offers some fantasy value as well. Uh, Romanov, I don't know if he's there yet. I think eventually he might be able to get there as your, you know, third or fourth fantasy defenseman. But I don't think he's there just yet. But And, and Carey Price, of course. But I think if you're looking at one forward who can produce – on the regular, I do think you're looking at Suzuki. And uh, I think Tatar is another guy. You know, Tatar is a guy who gets some power play time on the second unit as well. Uh, he does get to play with Dano and Gallagher, and they, they've played together for – this is the third season now, so they have built up some chemistry. Uh, and he finds a way to score. He finds a way to get assists. So he had a 60-point season last year. So in deeper leagues, I think Tatar and Suzuki can help you. But with the rest, I mean, I think you're going to have a bunch of guys have good seasons. I just I don't know if they're going to be relevant in fantasy uh, often enough. Yeah, unless you're looking at specific categories, if you're looking for shorties or hits or something like that, for sure. Yeah. P.K. Subban is someone that's interesting to me this year. He's had some pretty big ice time going into the the, the season this year. I'm curious if you think he has a, a bit of a bounce back in him. I'm wondering if he can get to 10 goals and maybe 40 points again. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he'll get to 10 goals. Uh, I, I, I think, and especially in a shortened season, I, I know you mean like a 40-point pace. I don't exactly. think he'll get yeah, 40 yeah. points at 56. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I think he'll bounce back from, from what he was a year ago. Uh, he just he didn't look right last year. The Devils weren't very good. I think the Devils are improved, and he has played some bigger minutes. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't think he's a slam dunk fantasy player anymore. Like I, I just I don't think he's at that level anymore and, and he's gotten older and he's not old by any means, but the injuries have caught up with him. I yeah. know the back's been a problem. Um but I think it might be one of those situations where he's more valuable to the devils than he would be in fantasy. I, I think yeah. uh, that's probably a reality. So last year I think he had less than twenty points in in 68 yeah, games but like i said up. never yeah. never looked healthy uh but i think this year he'll improve on on his points per game um is he fantasy relevant yeah probably i mean if you're dressing four or five defensemen in your league you can definitely there's definitely room uh, for pk Subban. but at the same time if you're expecting him to be your number one defenseman in fantasy like uh, like he was in years past i just i think you're set up for disappointment so I mean, I think my advice would be if you do have P.K. Subban and you realize that you drafted him maybe earlier than you should have, try to yeah, try to sell him to somebody else who maybe <laughs> values the name um, more than the actual you know player will produce this year. So he's he's going to get a lot of time. I think he's going to get a lot of power play time, a lot of ice time, but I don't know that the production is going to be where it once was. Yeah, I'm curious if that power and, play can get and, going. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of good young players, they right? Do. And, they do. And uh, again... Like Hughes is taking a big step forward. He sure has been out uh, for a bit, but uh, they do have some talent on that power play. And, and if you know if they're going to make some noise, if they're going to sneak into a playoff spot, I don't think they they can do it. But if they do, I think special teams is going to be a big reason why. Absolutely, yeah. Very tough division. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Oh yeah, and yeah, I wanted to ask you about a about a special player who made a who made an incredible comeback last year, and who's killing it right now. It's Bobby Ryan. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think that Bobby Ryan's going to be fantasy relevant f- for the for the rest of the season? 
Look, like great story. Uh, he came back from substance abuse. I know he's got four goals in the first three games of the season. I, I just, I know Detroit. There's openings on the roster there. There's going to be some ice time for him. I just, I don't see it. Um, I, I hope he, you know, I hope he proves me wrong, and I hope that he ends up being fantasy relevant. Um, but Detroit's not going to win many games, and maybe there's some openings, you know, for him there. But I just, I, I don't know that he's the type of guy that's going to produce enough to be relevant. If you play in a really, really deep league, then maybe, you know, if you're like 14, 15 guys and, you you know, each guy has like 15, 20 players on the roster, then maybe, you know, at the bottom of the roster, there's going to be stretches where he gets hot and he produces like he is now. But I just, I don't, I don't see it. Maybe you ride the hot hand for now uh, with, uh, you know, in daily fantasy and you, you go with him as a cheap option, but I just I don't see him being relevant in fantasy leagues for the the entire season. Jacob Chikrin is a guy in uh, in Arizona that I'm looking at this year. He's got five points I think in uh, in four games to start the year. He's getting good power play time. He's not obviously on a good team, but do you think he can make some noise over there and have a bit of a breakout? Yeah, I mean I I don't see why not. They're short on, you know, they're short on. Um, well, I guess it's they're short on talent, right? Like they're yeah. not an overly deep team, and. You know, if the ice time continues to be there, like I, he's got five points in four games. I don't think that continues, but they aren't deep, but they do have some talent. Guys, like Kessel's a good player. Clayton yeah. Keller's a good player as well. Uh, they do have uh, they do have some some offense. They have Ekman Larson and, and Nick Schmaltz and Connor Garland is a sneaky, you know, good underrated player. Yeah. Christian Dvorak and, um, you know, they, they, they have some talent. I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs. I think on paper, they're probably one of the, you know, the, the most shallow rosters in the league uh, and the ownership situation, the arena situation is a bit of a mess too. But um, I mean, Chikrin for sure. I, I think he can be fantasy relevant and, and I don't think he'll be, like I said, I don't think he'll be a point of game player, but because they're not deep, I do think that there's opportunity there for him to get a lot of ice time and his plus minus might not be great when it's all said and done. Um, but you know, if that's not a category in your league, you might be able to put up with some production problems uh, with with the production that he's going to deliver. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Joey, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we love having yeah, you. Thank on. you so much for coming on, Joey. Yeah, anytime you guys need me, just let me know. Uh, and uh, this episode was brought to you by Mike's Barbecue Rub. Go to www.mikesbarbecuerubmtl.com. Uh, use promo code HOTSAUCE10 for 10% off. And don't forget to rub your meat, boys.